0: Listening into the conversation is Dr. Simon Hull, Research Associate at the Centre of Criminology at the University of Cape Town. Some of the drivers of murder have also been attributed to the rise in vigilantism in this quarter. To help us unpack this further, we are joined by Dr. Hull. Dr. Hull, good afternoon. Thank you so much for making time for us. And seeing also that um, vigilantism has now become the second highest contributor to per category uh, when it comes to murder, what's your takeaway from this and what do you think the intervention should be?
1: Um, good afternoon. I think the, the rise in vigilantism is ultimately a result, A, of communities taking the law into their own hands, but as a result of a lack of trust or a lack of faith in understanding or, I mean, believing in the police being able to you know, um, actually deal with crime. And on the other hand, the as mentioned before, you know, the, the high levels of violence that seem to permeate South Africa as a whole and, the, and you know, the, the sort of acceptance of violence as a means of dealing with which, whatever issues emerge within communities or at an individual level. So, you know, I think on the one hand, there's this concern around uh, the legitimacy of that, and on the other hand, that the legitimacy of violence as a means of responding to issues within communities.
0: And also looking at, for instance, if you look at uh, Per Province, um, the Eastern Cape there having 95 95- um, murder incidents relating to uh, that, uh, relating to vigilantism and then you have kwazulu Nadal at 97 and the conversation that we just had now with Claire and Claire speaks about if you look at p- p- province what's happening, is there anything that we can deduce from this that you have here uh, what is considered to be a, um, a rural province like the Eastern Cape and then you have kwazulu Nadal as well and you have these high incidents of vigilantism dr Howell, Dr howler is still there okay we seem to have lost him we're going to try and see if we can get him back on the line um so um, vigilantism being the second highest contributor to the death rates in the country or murder rates rather in the country um and this is actually surpassing robbery Did you ever thought that robbery would be surpassed by vigilantism hmm? murder from robbery being surpassed by vigilantism even gang related um, murders are not as high as vigilantism so the total that we have here is 428 um, murders that came from vigilantism and you look at gang related murders those are 280 okay we have Dr Howell back Dr Howell was saying that if you look at the provinces uh, one of the highest contributors um, uh, w- one of the highest contributors um, to this vigilantism per province is KwaZulu-Natal as well as the eastern Cape. is there anything at all that we can deduce from that?
1: Well, I think you know, in the in KZN, there has been high levels and ongoing levels of political violence, and uh, the settled history of political violence in that in that in that province. And in the Eastern Cape, I mean, you know, there's a lot of communities that are beyond or at least in areas which policing is very sparse and in which policing is is seen with significant amounts of suspicion. So as a result, you know, I mean, this is this is ultimately communities seeking to take justice into their own hands at the at the loss of policing and policing coverage in those areas.
0: What intervention do you think is required here?
1: Well, I mean, there are multiple. The one is that, I mean, I think on the one hand, we need to re... SAPS needs to work seriously and actually under, undertake measures to regain the trust of communities and to regain the confidence of communities so that they believe that they, they can actually have their problems dealt with accurately and, and effectively by Sats and the criminal justice system. Um, and on the other hand, you know, I mean, there's a, there's a need for increased coverage and increased depth of policing. So it's not only, you know, a quantitative increase in the number of police officers, but also a qualitative increase in the skills of those police officers so as that they can effectively intervene in issues within communities. And, you know, so as the communities ultimately have the trust of the criminal justice system once more, um, because at the moment, I think and there are a lot of vigilantism is a result of, Communities feeling that they have been underserved or not served by SAPS, and that they need to ultimately take the law into their own hands in dealing with the issues which affect them.
0: Is there anything that we can do from a CPF level?
1: Yeah, you know, CBS can play an important role, but ultimately, you know, CPS are contingent on the effectiveness of the the, the police stations which they are, are stationed to or which they are associated to. CPFs play play a, a fundamentally important role in building the bridges between SAPs and the communities, and I mean, you know, the, empowering those is obviously going to help uh, help communities feel they can reach out to the police and feel they can engage the police. But I mean, you know, a lot of CPs have battled in the past and battled in the present to to find the resources they need and ultimately mm-hmm. to effectively work with SAPs, and I mean, that that is ultimately the key here. Is that you know, I think, I think SAPs can be difficult to work with, and and you know, despite a lot of attempts. Uh, at a community level, the managerial systems and the managerial focus of SAPS has been one that, that has ultimately failed to to incorporate communities into into effective policing as a whole. And I mean, you know, this is ultimately why I think we see these ongoing high levels of vigilantism in various communities throughout the country.
0: Are peace wardens the answers? Like we've seen with the Gauteng and the, the launch of these peace wardens by the Premier Banyaz?
1: Uh, they may be again. It depends on how effective they are, and that effect of that that efficacy is a function of how well they can engage with communities and how well resourced they are. And typically, I think, and in, in, in experience suggests that in South Africa, while there may be a number of these projects launched, they tend to, they they tend to peter out after a while, and that is, you know, I mean, that is a result of an ongoing concern around the privatization of safety and security of communities and the privatization of the of, of dealing with SAPs and dealing with policing so as that is seen as a community based project. At the moment I think often SAPs are seen as the sole recourse to to uh, problems and dealing with these issues, if, if at all because of the legitimacy issue. But, you know, I mean they need they really need to be empowered so as that they can be seen as effective bridges. And that poli- and communities can see that they are part of the policing of the country and that they are part of um, the effective safety of their communities as a whole. And, you know, I mean, until they're integrated into that plan, ultimately, then SACC is seen apart and something is, that is not accessible often.
0: Thank you so much for your time. Dr. Simon Hall, their research associate at the Centre for Criminology at the University of Cape Town.